0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. And man, today is going to be an awesome day. And uh, thank you for being part of this community. I'm just hearing so much from people how uh, this podcast is impacting people. So please do me a favor as you're listening to this conversation with me and Donna Johnson. You know, follow the podcast, forward this to a friend because we're going to be talking about. One of the most important things, I think, that we can be talking about, and that is mentorship. And how do you find the perfect mentor? And I actually only know one person that's actually the perfect mentor. So, uh, Donna, first of all, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, John. It's so good to be here.
0: And so I got introduced to Donna and I actually just told uh, a friend of mine who I said, hey, I'm inter- I'm interviewing Donna today. He goes, oh my gosh, I know her. She's one of the most fantastic ladies, most fantastic leaders I have ever met. You you built a very successful company. It's international. You spend part of your time in Wisconsin where we had a cabin growing up and in Sweden and you have six kids, right? Yes. And Six we're in Arizona kids. in
1: the winter. You don't want to be in Wisconsin.
0: <laughs> no, you don't. No, I grew up in Minnesota. You do not want to be in the winter. Six
1: kids, eight grandchildren.
0: I know eight grand. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine your place at Thanksgiving. That that would be amazing. But so many great accolades, right? You've been given a lifetime achievement award inside your profession. You were uh, talked about by the author of "Thinking Grow Rich for Women." But you're also with your passion in the stewardship of what you have, started the Spirit Wings Kids. It's a fund for in orphanages in Indian Africa. We were just talking about what's going on with Uganda. And you've done, you're doing a lot of work there in Uganda. But what we're gonna be talking about today is really mentorship. Before we get there though, Donna, let me let me ask you a question. As you go back through your entire business career, you know, as a woman, getting out there. What role did just mentorship in business play in your life?
1: Well, you know, I think we learn a lot through mistakes. And I think that's one of the reasons um, God just really laid this on my heart. My mentor walks on water. But mentorship is so important because who you choose to have influence over you, whether it's a mentor, an advisor, a coach, that kind of steers you in a direction and if you aren't careful about those choices and really being thoughtful, you can be just like that rubber ducky out being tossed in the waves and, you know, following this shiny penny and, and that, and, you know, I started my business, Oh, dark 100 before internet. And I think it was a little bit easier to choose wise mentors, but since we have such an explosion of distractions now, it's like a fire hose.
0: Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, I think, you know, I get asked a lot by business owners, you know, whether they're senior, you know, I'm 57 if they're even my age. Hey, how do I find a mentor for the next season of my life? Or you know, young men and women, and we have a great conversation about mentorship. And big part of it for me is though you got to be a what I call a fruit inspector because if you're taking somebody's advice, you are going to get what they got. And I'll never forget way back I got out of the military, I'm in San Diego. And I remember this guy, man, he's a multimillionaire. He was a bond trader and he wanted me to come in and work for him. You have to get there, you know, like five in the morning every day, which I wasn't a fan of anyway. But you know what? This guy lived on the ocean in La Jolla, had Ferraris, but he was on his third wife. He didn't have a relationship with any of his kids. And I was talking to my wife about it. And what we came to the conclusion is, you know what? Yes, we would succeed financially. If we listen to this man, but the chances of us being married and having a great relationship are probably low. So I turned him down and he was shocked. And so, but you know, in this world, there's no such thing as a self made person. Everybody had help getting there. But you are bringing it to a different level. And when you talk about the book that you wrote, My Mentor Walks on Water, you're talking about reaching out, developing a loving personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And having Jesus be your mentor now that there could not be a better mentor. Let me ask you a question, because that's just, you know, the personal, like if I went out to you and, you know, we're sitting here on Zoom or we meet in person for coffee, I'm like, Donna, would you mentor me? And you're like, oh, John, I'd love to. Let's just say that that worked out really well. But now, you know, in my prayer life going, okay, Lord, I I need you to mentor me. How did you, I think for some people that might be kind of a gap, right? right? Just my sense. But where did this idea first come to you that, you know what, Jesus, who's my Lord, my Savior, but he could also be that mentor in my life, like the humans that I have now?
1: Yeah, you got two thoughts going there. So definitely get the book, you guys. My Mentor Walks on Water, because uh, section two, I talk about how we are mentored. And it is like a three-stranded cord between uh, Scripture, right? Holy Spirit, which is part of the Trinity, and scripture and Holy Spirit never conflict with each other. And then people, right? And people are flawed. You can't find a perfect person, but you can align yourself, like you said, fruit inspection uh, for that harmony. And the way that the book happened it was so cool. I was not writing a book and my husband, Thomas and I, and my friend, Rita Davenport, were all speaking at the same event that Tony Robbins was speaking at. And Rita is a humorist. She's amazing, and she had never seen Tony Robbins live before. And we were in the front watching, and she's laughing so hard because hitting sticks, and everyone's up dancing, and he's she's laughing. And she said, "They pay him all this money for you guys to jump up and hit sticks." And so um, when she spoke, of course in her humorous way, she was, um, "What are you all doing, hitting sticks?" and walking on fire. And she starts to pretend to kiss her feet, You know, like, I love my feet. I'm not going to walk on coals. (laughs) And then she stopped. Everyone was laughing. And she looked up and she pointed and she said, well, I want you all to know in her Southern drawl, my mentor walks on water. And I tell the full story in the introduction because I was supposed to go to Sweden with my husband. I just felt Holy Spirit. One of the concepts I teach in the book is red light yellow light green light with Holy Spirit and I'm telling you what the more mature we get in our faith have you ever blazed forward with something that you just really didn't pray about and it was kind of like a green light for you but God was saying no that was red light and um, it was the very next day that this memory dropped and Holy Spirit just gave me the book and the first thing I did was called Rita I said Rita I'm writing a book. My mentor walks on water. I never, ever heard you say that in all the years I've known you. Like, where did that come from? And she said, I never said it again. I don't know where it came from. And she said, honey, that's your book. And of course, she wrote uh, the foreword for the book. So um, she's a great author and speaker, funny side up. And yeah, it's, and it just flowed. And One of the things that Holy Spirit spoke to me was that so many faith-based Books are kind of thrown in a corner for believers and not everyone else. And he was very clear that we were going to cast a net for, for the more of the secular audience. And that's exactly when it happened, even though it went number one in two Christian categories in 24 hours. It went number three in business, mentorship, and coaching, which really it just confirmed what he had said. But we always we know he's right anyway. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I love that, and I know why coaches are being drawn to this, and everybody should be reading it, because one of the things, and this is one of the places you start, and I really want to hear your thoughts on this, right, is connecting um, who you really are, who you see in the mirror, right, with what God sees. Here's what I've realized through my life, uh, Donna, is my identity, right, Uh, my self-identity is what I believe to be true about me. And here's what I have to acknowledge is, you know, since I was formed, Satan could also see that identity, the one that God sees. And he's trying to corrupt that identity because he wants to sideline me. He wants to make me go, no, I couldn't do that. No, I'm not that kind of person. No, I'm not good at. I remember once I was in middle school and I was the awkward kid and I was at this all boys Catholic high school and I stuttered and stammered through a speech. I was scared. Right. And kind of my tormentors were in the front row, which made it worse. And I remember after the speech, the teacher said, hey, John, I hope you pick a career where you don't have to speak, right? I think he was trying to, you know, lighten the mood. But you know what? That went in. And I started to believe I'm not a good communicator. I had the same panic attacks, even in the military briefing groups, things you had to work through so How do you start almost reconciling and kind of seeing what God sees in us? Because I really believe that's the beginning of the mentorship that I know God is right there wanting to give us and, and desiring to give us.
1: Well, did you notice that I said section two is how you're mentored? When people start the book, they're like, wait a minute, this is about mentorship. Why are we talking about foundation and who do you think you are and who God says you are? And that is because exactly what you said, John, is that who you believe that you are, it will be what the reason that you attract uh, mentorship in your life. So you need to reconcile who you believe you are with who God says you are, because the enemy does want to tell you, oh, you're no good. You're not qualified. You're too, you know, this or that. Even when God clearly dropped this book, I mean, it was a miracle. And instead of me getting on my knees and thank you God for this miracle, I, which I did, I was like, "But why me? I'm not an author," you know, all those things that we that goes through our head. And so once you reconcile, you know, who you see yourself with the way God sees you, it doesn't mean you're perfect. Um, It just means that you're called and you want to be obedient. And then that is the foundation. It's like having a skyscraper go up. You don't see things for a while because the foundation is being built. And so you have to reconcile that before you choose who mentors you. Then I go into the end of the book or the third part of the book, which is being mentored in every area of your life. So for instance, you were taught telling the story about the guy on the beach. You know, there are different areas of your life to have balance and you may not choose the same mentor in business, but although you do want the fruits there, right? And so mentorship in every area of your life to create that balance. And, you know, I tell this story about my earthly father who passed away over 30 years ago, who poured into me a really horrible story. And I replace that story with my Heavenly Father's story of who I am. And I think people need to rewrite their story so that it is in alignment with how God sees us.
0: Yeah. And what worked for you in rewriting that story, Donna?
1: Well, my faith. And also I talk about in Chapter 1, a dear friend of mine, Keith Kochner, mentor fish, he has a program where you actually do an exchange. You identify the stories that don't serve you, and then you rewrite them with the stories that do serve you. But it's also prayer, and it's let, allowing Holy Spirit to move in you and create that new creation. You know, we, we let things go, but then we keep taking it back, and we're free. We don't have to keep serving it back up.
0: I'll just share a quick story. I was with Lance Wall now and he and I were talking about this and he had me grab a big, uh, you know, paper from, you know, the post-its and turn it sideways and draw a line right through the middle. He says, John, I want you to go back as far as you can. I want you to start mapping things out. Use a pencil. So you map the highs and lows, but I want you to map them from a spiritual perspective, right? Here was the biggest low from my childhood and then a high. And then we started looking at all the peaks and the valleys, and they were all relative to each other. That's why he wanted me to use a pencil. I'm like, oh, yeah, that needs to move. And hey, what was happening during this transition? And what was happening? And when you think about this one low point here, do you still feel you know emotions? Is there still pain? Does healing need to happen? Have you gotten to the point where that's like this beautiful treasure that's equipped you to serve other people that maybe have had that experience? And so... What you're talking about is just going through and replacing those stories. And yes. you know, some of those things too. I was I had such negative experience with a few individuals. And in that negative experience, so that helped form good parts of my character, right? Yes. A soft heart toward people, a patience, wanting to understand other people's perspective. And so part of the story I replaced was almost like I was a victim of something, or that was so hard. From a place of gratitude saying, you know what, had I not gone through that, I wouldn't be the person I am today with this amazing marriage and my kids are my best friends. So just taking some time to slow down, Donna, and go back and, and just think about some of these things. A lot of them we've just kind of shoved behind us like, no, 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 I got to move forward. But we do need to slow down, don't we?
1: Yeah, some people don't think about those things until their deathbed. And I challenge people to at the end of every chapter are two exercises, reflection so that you can reflect and what you're learning and how you can make the adjustments and then ripple effect. When you make those changes, what is the ripple effect that you will have on other people? Because there is a ripple effect. And I actually talk about Lance in my book because i believe in the seven mountains wherever god has put you in a place of influence we are to populate that mountain whether it's business entertainment government whatever and you know the enemy tells us don't talk politics or religion well what happens when people believe that the enemy overtakes every single mountain and it's the mouthpiece for the mountain and I'm a huge follower of Lance. We were at his same program in D.C. That's so funny.
0: Yeah. And one of the things you write about, though, which I think is really important for people to grasp, is how do we transform our future lives by rewriting that new story for the past? And I think one of the things I really learned since my accident over the last 10 years is I always had the power to rewrite the script, not only the present, but the future, but I never understood it. I never actually thought that it's something that was really accessible. And I'd love for you to talk about that for not only your journey, your own journey, but maybe some stories of some people. You've seen them reframe what's happened in the past and what, what that's opened up for them moving forward.
1: Well, you're a new creature in Christ. And even other people that know who you are will hold you to your past. Hey, wait a minute. What, what are you doing? That's not you. And you don't have to apologize. You don't have to have shame. You can say, I have found my faith. Like I am a follower of Jesus and I'm a new person in Christ. And what was behind me is behind me. God has cleansed me because what he did on the cross, not because of anything that I can do. And so You know, some people around you will want to hold you um, to your past, but we are to be renewed and reformed and to step into a path of obedience where we have, like you said, the fruits of the spirit. They will know you are Christians by your love, right? And uh, but that's how the enemy works. He wants to deceive, he wants to tell you that you're not equipped, you're not qualified. Oh, you have to get perfect before you can serve, right? <laughs> and if, if anybody comes across as if they're a perfect person, I just say, run.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, we, we're really good as humans of trading dependent events, right? Oh, I'll do that when. I'll, I'll go serve orphans in Uganda when. I'll, I'll have a great marriage if. And you know what? I I always think of, you know, people talk about Ephesians 2.10, right? The Ephesians 2.10 calling, right? There's these good works prepared. But it also says in that that you are Christ's perfect workmanship. So what if I accepted that actually right now as you're listening in the present? And that means then guess what? There are no dependent events. The mentorship is there. It's about seeking, I think. I think the two most important things we can do is number one is really to seek and understand the nature of God, who is Jesus, and then who did he create you to be? And now in that, I know you. this is something you've been on a journey to really you know, go deep and really understand who Jesus is, his love for you personally, his love for all of us. And how did that become the foundation to then allow or to create your mentorship from him?
1: Wow. I stopped believing the lie about if you're in business, you're not allowed to talk about your faith. I believe that we're called. My husband, Thomas has been a big factor. I was married before and he was an atheist, still is. And my husband has deep, deep faith. And he has, you know, one of my favorite quotes is by Billy Graham, your courage strengthens the spine of others and I'm equally yoked. So he has given me courage to stand up. In fact, he trains on Peter. You know, there were 11 sitting in the in the boat huddling and scared and in fear. And all Peter said was, Jesus, is that you? If it is, tell me to come. All Jesus said was one word. He didn't give him a motivation speak. speech. He didn't say, you can do it, Peter. He just said, come. And I think reconciling that truth for me that my business is not my idol. I'm known for being a very successful businesswoman and leader. And that doesn't define me. My business is not my idol. My business is a tool that God has blessed me with to uh, be an influence to others. And if I believe the lie that I am not supposed to talk about my faith, the rest of the world is talking about their faith, whether it's humanism, New Age, you know, all of that.
0: And so, a, that is a really good point, right? Let's put it yes.
1: in context. Yeah, it's not
0: like, my so You look at all the different opinions that are out there. That is curiosity. Oh, I, I
1: would get a private message. Who do you think you are talking about your faith? You know, you're going to lose half of this and half that. I'm like, well, if my business was the most important thing to me then I would follow that rule. But I answer to one. And last time I checked, there's no U-Haul at the end of a hearse, right? And so when I was finally able to shed myself of that lie, my boldness came. And when you walk into our home, we just built a new home. And there's a big painting of a lion with sheep. And I actually had a plaque made. Your courage strengthens the spine of others, Billy Graham, because it's a symbol of kind of that stake in the ground that my husband and I made, and he just has really blessed us because we haven't, God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. There's so many lukewarm people they are just so afraid of what people think and what people say, and that is not what we're called to do. I mean, that is why the enemy is winning. So preach it.
0: <laughs> you, know, I'm... I- Yes. Yes, and 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 and. So, lukewarm is like go along to get along, right? You know, if you don't take a stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And there's a lot of that right now. There's a lot of falling away. There's, but you know, here's what we need. Like in these times right now, folks. Listen, Don and I were talking about this. Right, there is an awakening happening. You know, it says in scripture at the end of scripture that you know, and are we in the end times? I don't know. But, you know, here's what I am seeing, and I'm seeing evidence of it everywhere. There is a massive harvest happening. Guys, look at happening out, and if you guys aren't familiar with happening, like just in California, Pirate's Cove. A friend of mine who we were just talking about, Donna Jerry, he just felt like he needed to be there. He shows up for a baptism. There, I think there was 4,000 people that showed up. They didn't even know what to do. So people who were there who weren't even signed up started helping. And it says the harvest is plentiful and the harvesters are few. I believe right now we are in this period of an awakening, and yes. what that means is God wants to work in us and through us, and He's calling us into the field. Right? Yes. Like I think of football. Like I love the uh, the book by Francis Chan. Not a fan, right? Don't be the person in the stands cheering on people like Donna, who are going to Uganda, who are writing a book, who are being bold and courageous. Yes, we want to cheer them on, but we also want to join them. And Donna, you're setting such a great example. Now, in that, as we work on that knowledge, you know, it is time for us to, you know, take time to dig deep and understand. Uh, I think it was A.W. Tozer said, you know, the most important thing about a man is his understanding of Jesus, right? A man or a woman. And now in that, once you understand that, then we can explore ways to be mentored, right? By scripture, by the spirit, by other people in prayer. And as you kind of grasped this concept and like took it almost in this mentorship role, I would love for you to just share your experience in that and then how you teach other people to really step into that.
1: Well, What God has called me to do may be different than what he calls someone else to do. So I really encourage people to stay in the word, to stay in prayer with Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus ascended, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm sending a helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. You guys need to access that Holy Spirit. It's just amazing. It just equips you. And stay in prayer. You know, devotionals and things are great, but it's like a snack. The scripture is God's word. Just ask him, speak to him. You know, we pray all the time, but then be sure to listen too, because you will get confirmation. And when God is in it, when it's a green light moment, it feels like his hand is pushing you in the back. Supernatural things will happen, just like what happened with the book. And he is the driver's seat. You're the passenger. And when he takes the wheel, you know, I talk about sending just audacious unbelievable goals because we always say set a believable and achievable goal but what if god has just this audacious goal for you like he did with this you just have to be obedient to that so pray what it is that god is calling you to do and then get confirmation we're to test things you know whether it's a dream i open chapter six with just an unbelievable dream, and I didn't know if I should share it in the book, and my publisher felt like it was probably the biggest thing about the book, but I did not have confirmation from Holy Spirit to share it in the book, and one day, I got the confirmation, told me exactly where to put it at the beginning of Chapter 6, how Holy Spirit mentors you, because dreams is one of the tools, right? There are different ways that Holy Spirit, it's not just dreams, but it can be a tool. I didn't just take that dream and go, wow, I confirmed it with scripture. I talked with pastors in my inner circle. I talk a lot about your inner circle and who is in your inner circle. And um, so really just make it a priority not to just go through life. And get the habit of just doing the same thing. Make it a habit to really seek the Lord. And because I do believe that the days are numbered. We do not know when he returns. But we are to tarry. We are to be doing the Great Commission, not just sitting around and looking up and waiting for him.
0: (laughs) Or complaining about the world. That doesn't help. Yeah. (laughs) So um, when you got that confirmation, you know what, when I pray, I, I... I'm also in that place where I, you know, I feel God's, you know, download, like you get that download and then you get the confirmation. And I've had to make some big decisions recently. And, you know, I shared with a friend, I'm like, how do you hear? And then how did you get the confirmation? So one thing I want to ask, Don, I know, I mean, you're a busy executive. You've got a huge company. You're um, a mother, grandmother, wife, and you have a nonprofit and It'd be really easy to just be like, okay, like from morning till night, you are your calendar's back. What were you able to do personally that allowed you to kind of find that space, make that space important to really hear and listen?
1: I talk about it in the book. You must have your quiet time uh, first thing in the morning or whenever it is for you to really sit with the Lord, be with the Lord. And if you don't understand Holy Spirit's voice, it means that you're not paying attention. And you should know his voice. My husband is traveling right now, but if he walked in and said something to me, he wouldn't have to say, hey, Donna, this is Thomas. I know his voice. Okay. And you know, Holy Spirit's voice. And if you don't, it's a powerful miracle. It really is. I mean, the Trinity is so incredible. We have a helper with the Holy Spirit. So just really leaning in and you will know because you will get confirmation. He also has a sense of humor because I will often sometimes, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. God, will you just give me another confirmation that that's what you want me to do? And he will. And sometimes it's funny and I'm like, okay, okay you got me. I thought I was supposed to do this, but I'm pivoting and I'm doing this because you called me to do that. And I'm telling you every single time when I try to charge forward green light, when I feel a red light, it's like walking through muck. But when I pivot and follow what I've been instructed to do, it's like I'm getting pushed on air. It's just amazing. And then I will share, John, especially since you have a lot of Uh, coaches and executives that are probably like me like go 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 just do it do it do it right the hardest light for me is yellow lights can you relate
0: now can you define yellow light
1: yeah so a yellow light is when you're praying about something and you just don't have confirmation a yellow light is wait upon the lord okay and i really struggle with yellow lights but i've made enough mistakes bulldozing forward with a doing something that was a red light instead of waiting upon the Lord, that I am exercising discernment and patience to just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to wait upon the Lord. And I know this is feeling like a yellow light right now, and I'm not sure which direction you want me to go. So I'm going to sit with you. And maybe for him, it's just time, or maybe it's a, a lesson on patience, right? So the more you uh, learn and partner with Holy Spirit reading scripture, he will actually bring you to scripture. Um, Holy Spirit will. And it's so cool. And you'll have your inner circle is so important. My inner circle, they're my mentors, like they're spiritual giants for me. And so uh, I can pray with them and they'll give me discernment they'll give me discipleship and i want that i don't want to be around people that are afraid to pour into me and uh so yeah your inner circle is really important too equally yoked is not just your uh, marriage equally yoked is your inner circle
0: no that's a great point. point two things i want to highlight there you said you know understand the father's voice and folks, if you actually just start imagining or or just taking what you're thinking, even your thoughts, right? The enemy just wants to deceive you. Like, let's say you do something, you have a fight with your wife, and you're like, whatever that maybe that negative self-talk, even about her. Say, is that how God views your wife? Is that how God wants you to reconcile us? Like, no, right there is the enemy speaking. I had I've had to learn like my own like corrupted self-talk from a corrupted identity, right? The enemy's voice and the father's voice. And here's something that I found that has been really helpful. If I even have a question, right? Is this red, yellow, or green, right, Donna? And I go, Lord, is that your voice? Like instantly, either I know. And I've been, there's been times where I've had all this negative self-talk going on about a situation. I'm like, Lord, is this you talking? If it's not, Lord, I just pray that you just stop it right now, whatever power or authority that that is you just remove it and i've literally it's like turning off a light switch i'm like oh my god Ask him. that you was just the said enemy it. and my the enemy yeah. wanted me to go make a jack wagon of myself to this guy and i thought i was totally justified but yeah learn the father's voice like you talked about when thomas walks in like you know it should be that clear and the second thing is yeah seek that confirmation And I'll I'll never forget, I was in the yellow light, I had to make a huge decision recently to actually shut something down that I put a lot of time and energy and I started having this feeling like, no, regardless of the sunk costs, I got to turn it off. And, and I'll never forget, like, I was like, I had to go have the conversation to just shut it down. So I got on my knees, and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, this is john. And you know me like, Really, is this really is this a decision I have to make? And I just felt like the Holy Spirit flood into the room. I just felt like this quickening, and it was so palpable. I remember because my hands were in, you know, like my eyes closed on my my head was in my hands, and I popped up. I'm like, "Oh my goodness, Lord, you're here!" And I hear a little voice go, "Of course, I'm always here." And I knew that I knew that I knew in that final moment, like that last confirmation, because he did, he wants to tell us. And right, and there's some outcomes of prayer. It's a yes, it's a no, it's a not yet, or sometimes it's like, well, yeah, but I got a better idea. So just let's listen to this one. But these are so powerful for us. And you talk about you know being equally yoked, discipleship in every area of your life. And folks, well, first of all, before we wrap up, Donna, how do people find you, connect with you, get your book, learn more about you? How do they go find Donna Johnson and my mentor walks on water?
1: Mentordonnajohnson.com. Also Instagram, Mentor Donna Johnson, Facebook, Mentor Donna Johnson. 100% of our proceeds, uh, not just the profits. We just had seed money with the publishing, everything. All of our Water Walker merchandise and the book goes towards Spirit Wings Kids. We just got back from Uganda where to see how God is moving with the soccer academy and the permaculture gardens we planted there i talk a little bit about it in the book it's just wow like that's what god does when you let him take control and you're obedient that's what he likes to do is just wow and i loved john how you really outlined like how you ask and you just ask him is this you or what is it like people are afraid to talk to god that way you and i were both raised catholic where I didn't even know what a Bible was, right? And so people are surprised to know that we can sit down and have a conversation with God through Holy Spirit.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah. So just that, folks, if you just take that away, that you can have a love relationship with Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, like you would with another person, right? Jesus says, listen, you know what? I call you friends, right? Because a friend knows his master's business. And Jesus wants to tell you all that, that he's not holding back. It's about us to meet him, to spend the time in relationship. And I'd love to close out with this because one of the things you talk about, Donna, which is just beautiful, is what does it mean to walk on water and leave a legacy?
1: It means get out of the boat. <laughs> uh just like Peter. Okay, you know, feel drop. The fear. Get out yeah, of the boat. Feel- <laughs> Boom. water walkers be a walk just you know these are little things that you can think of they're like little triggers just you know be a water walker you know and your courage will strengthen the spine of others and so if you have that courage to be obedient that's number one just don't go figure it out on your own be obedient and when you know that it's Holy Spirit that it's to me I have a funny story in the book where The title was my mentor walks on water and we didn't know what the subtitle was. And I was in the shower and I said, Heavenly Father, like, what is the subtitle? He said, God ordained spirit led mentorship in every area of your life. And I said, what? And he said, God ordained spirit led mentorship in every area of your life. And I went, God ordained, I'm not a pastor, you know, and of course we know what it means to have something ordained, but that was just kind of my thought for the moment. And so when God ordains something for you and he's in it, you know, hang on for the ride. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean you won't have persecution. It just means that he's in it. And if he's in it, uh, he's with you. So, you know, I just encourage the, the book is all about really encouraging people to get out of the boat, be a water walker.
0: <laughs> well, I have to share this with you because after, you know, reading your book and the cover, I was, I, w- I had a very difficult kind of interaction with uh, somebody I've been doing some business with and I was all in my head. But what I should say, I call it delayed intelligence. Man, I wish I would have said that in a moment. Right. But I'm sitting there. It's not like one in the morning. It's been two hours of just spinning. And I almost felt like I'm drowning. And I had this vision of myself under the water, looking up like at the cover of your picture. And I realized it's Jesus standing on the water above me. And as I looked up, I could see him through the water up there. And we made eye contact. And immediately I was standing on the water and he had his hands on my shoulder and he was just looking at me. He didn't say anything, but this was the vision in my head. And immediately that voice in my head, it was quieted. It was gone. I just experienced his peace and I was able to fall asleep. And Mm -hmm. next thing I knew, I wake up in the morning and I realized all of that was the, I had made the choice to not go to him as all this was uh, spinning. And I was, and the enemy was using this to attack and he'll use any reason to attack. That memory to me is so vivid. And so now whenever I feel like I'm almost in a bad spot, I just picture myself standing on the water, looking at Christ Knowing it's okay, because what did Peter do, though? As soon as he started getting nervous, he sank, right?
1: I was just going to say, you're going to think, but he's going to be right there to pick you up. Now, this is an interesting thought. What happened when Jesus lifted Peter back up? He didn't yell over to the guys in the boat. Hey, we got a loser over here. Come and get him, right? Or he didn't pick up, you know, Peter, that's okay. You can't walk on water. No. What did he say? It's the walk back. They walked back to the boat together. And I think that is what we have to remember. When we do take that step of faith and become a water walker, we're going to have challenges. We're going to fall, but Jesus will always be there to not only pick us up, but to continue to walk with us.
0: Well, Donna, thank you so much for what you're doing in the world. I can't wait for our next conversation. And folks, go to mentordonnajohnson.com. That's all one, you know, spelled out, no dots, mentordonnajohnson.com. And, uh, man, keep knocking them alive out there, and the, the world needs this message, and I'm so glad you're out there sharing it. And folks listening, you know, share this with a friend. Imagine one of your friends who's just struggling, they're filled with anxiety, life feels really hard, they're actually going through some stuff they don't understand, and you can give them that gift of growing closer to Christ, being mentored by Christ in seeing their life start to move in a uh, the direction that God wants to move it in. And uh, Donna, what a gift. And Jesus, thank you for this time together.
1: Thank you, John. I really enjoyed this conversation. We need more of it, more conversations.
0: <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right, have a great one.